All right, guys, welcome to Wealth Cartel Season 3. I think this is the second episode uh, where we chat nice and raw and just have a conversation about mindset, that kind of stuff. We've got Lucy here from AKA Racing. Lucy is, um, she's the horse trainer for all my horses. Whenever I get them, let go of them, get them, whatever, I just tell Lucy to keep rolling my money into new stuff. Um, and they're doing really, really well. So welcome, Lucy. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Look at this, <laughs> look at this weapon in the background. I there he goes. He keeps moving. <laughs> this is another one that ran yesterday. And would would he come? Third. Beaten under two lengths. Look at these beasts. It'll be a, <laughs> be a, coming some downtime today. It'll be a dub the next one. It'll be a big win the next one. Yeah, it will. It will. For sure. So today's conversation, Luce, we're going to chat a bit different to the last episode you jumped on. Uh, today we're going to chat yep. about sort of, <laughs> I guess, um, your mindset shift, right? So we've, um, you, I'm actually excited to have you on here for this one because you have dramatically changed in the last, you know, you had COVID and the floods and everything like that. And probably the last couple of years, you had more of a, more of an excuse than ever to, um, yeah. To fail but you've actually made some change and there was some stressful periods there but you made some changes and picked it up and really launched so what i want you to talk about is give us a bit of a background to you know who you are what you guys do what has happened over the last couple of years where you are at now and then we can get into talking about what you think some of your big lessons and mind shifts have been across that to get you to where you are keep in mind we want to keep these things under about half an hour so yeah um people to digest so we'll go from there so take it away Easy peasy. Okay, so Jason and I trained together from our property here at Grosvale uh, and at the training track at Hawkesbury. Um, quite a long journey that we've both been on to get to here. But to summarise the last two or three years, um, really that's where the main focus should be on. We bought the farm in 2019. Um, that Sorry, just one step I'd like to hear before, where did you come from prior to that? Because I think that's important. UK, England, English, in it. <laughs> no, no, no. What, what, train, what trainers did you come from? Oh, okay, beg your pardon. Not actually literally where I came nah, from. I think, everyone, um, I think everyone knew where you come from. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. <laughs> in it, it's a London thing. Um, <laughs> no, a bit posher than that. I'm from Sussex, actually. Uh, <laughs> so um, I came through the ranks of my first job with racehorses in Australia was with Darley, whilst it was still Darley, and I worked under Peter Snowden. He was the head trainer there at the time. Um, I then moved over to Patnak, uh, the pre-training facility under John Thompson and his dad, Vic Thompson at Hawkesbury. Unfortunately, um, Patnak folded. We were all made redundant. Good old Mr. Tinkler, thank you very much. Um, but was probably a huge um, blessing in disguise because, as they say, one door closes and another one opens. Found myself working at Rose Hill, uh, which was really daunting actually coming from Hawkesbury track, going to Rose Hill. I remember driving in there um, one afternoon just to go and suss the place out and sort of got over the crest of the hill there was a big sign that says Rose Hill Racecourse and I was saying to Jason oh my god I can't do this I can't do this I can't do this anyway best best thing ever um did a short couple of months for Team Hawks and I was actually approached by the then assistant trainer 
at Chris Waller's um, and due to visa reasons and needing to be sponsored, they were offering a um, pretty good deal for me to switch over from Team Hawks to the Waller camp. So I did that and spent four and a bit years down there at Rose Hill with Chris Waller, which was just the most amazing experience. And it was at a time where his name was definitely becoming household, but he probably wasn't quite um, where he is now today. And so I think in terms of the experience I had there, he was definitely very approachable. Um, and you'd see a lot of him every day, I think now. You were seeing, you were seeing a lot of that business go from like, it was still big then, like it was huge then, but it was a big transition period then from pretty much the time Massive. where it was to where it is now happened in that period, yeah? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was very much in a transitional period then. And so he didn't have um, his Melbourne stable when I was there. And that was just in the throes of getting set up. He didn't have Warwick Farm stables. He didn't have the Gold Coast stables either. Um, so we probably had uh, about 100 horses in work at Rose Hill. Um, that obviously now has crept up to about 140, I believe, at Rose Hill, plus his Warwick Farm base, plus the Melbourne stable and plus Queensland. So it was very much going through a transitional stage. Um, he was very, very successful then, as he's remained to be now. And I think the pinnacle of um, me working there was going through um, the ranks with Winks. Um, I still have worksheets of me riding her and doing some of her first ever pieces of gallop work before she was even named, um, before anybody really uh, had so any that idea. That gives us some good insight to how he's almost beat her then, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny? That day in the um, Theo Marks at Rose Hill, I was still working for Chris. Jason had Sons of John in training, and um, the winner of that race was ballot exempt from the Epsom, which is why Jason had put Sons of John in it, was trying to get him into the Epsom. And obviously, we were in the photo finish with Winks, and um, it was very tight. It was probably the longest photo finish that they've ever taken with Winks. And after the race, Chris came up and shook Jason's hand and said, I'm, you know, mate, I'm really sorry. What do you say? Like, oh, it's, it's all good, dude. Anyone, anyone, Winx, has like... never, everyone, anyone has never seen that. It's by far the closest Winks has ever come to losing. And it was by a bee's dick, like an absolute bee's dick. <laughs> it didn't look like, tons of John didn't look like losing until it lost. Yeah, exactly. No, it was so close. And it was, you know what, it was so nice that we had um, that rapport and that support from Chris. And then obviously yeah. we went on and we raced in the Epsom that year and he ran third and he ran a huge race. And, you know, just being on that journey, the horse then went down to Melbourne and Winks was racing down there at the same time. And it was just a really, it was a good time to be involved with both stables and to have the best of both worlds. So yeah. No, as as pretty... a segue to the, to the other half of this partnership, I guess, cause he's not there cause he's probably out making some cow statues. Or I think something he's here. actually putting, I think he's actually putting a shoe back on a horse. I can hear some crashing and banging going on in the barn. So, oh, so the, other, the other part of this is, is Jace, um, who is just a typical farm boy, hard worker, gets out there from, I don't know, all kinds of hours of the morning to the other and then sinks a few beers and does it all over again. We're talking to Luce because Luce is the business runner here. Jace is the Jace just gets out in the paddock ninety nine percent of the time <laughs> and gets his hands dirty. He doesn't want to talk about any of this stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> You've lost him at Zoom meeting. That's his <laughs> I've got I've got to do something out there. There's a fence that needs fixing. <laughs> if you do want to see Jason in his absolute element, go check out our first podcast with him. It's a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless him um uh yeah okay so that that brings us up to speed with um 
me having done a stint with Chris and then uh, coming on board full time with Jason before we bought the farm and running the business together. Um, although I wasn't a licensed trainer at that point in time, I'm just going to turn a little bit because they're all having turn out this afternoon and they're running around going crazy. It's brilliant. Um, so I took out my training license to train in, in conjunction and partnership with Jace um, 2019, August 2019. And this season just closed. We've had our best season that we've had to date, triple the amount of winners that we had last season. And uh, with everything that we've been chipping away with, uh, with the business and with the farm, it's, it's all just now nicely coming together. So it's very rewarding. That, that's something I'd like to touch on when you finish today, like the part of the mindset stuff. This season is amazing because without diving into it in too much depth, I want everyone who's watching this to know that we didn't feel this way at the start of the season. We didn't yeah. feel we were actually having conversations of, you know, Lucy was quite under the pressure and the stress and COVID and floods and horses that should be winning that weren't winning. And there was, there was a lot of stress in this, in, in this business and, that like I I messaged you the other day, Liz, and said I'm so fucking proud of you guys, and I say it often <laughs> because there was very many reasons for you guys to pack it in at any given time. Like any 100%. any other person could have, and and it just goes to say you know not only because of, you stuck to it, but you you made hard and tough decisions in that season that yeah. might not have felt at the time like it directly resulted in this in this having the best season. But if we look at all the hard decisions you had to make over the year and stuck to your guns. Yeah, you put them all together, and that this like yeah, obviously training wise and horses they always play a part, but there's a lot more to what you guys have done this season that has resulted from what we didn't think we were worried about to a fucking phenomenal <laughs> season. Is, is a second yeah, exactly. to what you have done, you know. Exactly, and and I think it's you know it's really hard working hard doing whatever you're doing. Um, running it. <laughs> Sorry, old mate in the background's pretty. Happy Who's that one? Out. That's Sarism. He's a hellbent gelding. He's probably our next group horse. Yeah, you heard it here it. first. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's also a hooligan. <laughs> he's an absolute hooligan. How much, how much space we got in ownership over there? No, none. Sadly. Jeff is <laughs> <laughs> looking at me going, no more. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, it, it's hard going running any business. It's hard going working for yourself. Obviously, the rewards are huge and you know, it can be a great thing to be doing, but it, it's also from a from a mental point of view. Yeah, man, you've got to be tough and not just training racehorses. I mean, this this is probably the least reward for effort. You know, we're getting out of bed at 20 to 4 in the morning. Um, most days you're going until 5, 6 in the evening. There's a lot of different aspects to it, not just physical work, but mental thinking and organizing the horses and logistical stuff, managing the staff. Um, there's so many different angles to it and then to be dragging horses to the races regardless of where it is but particularly if you're having to travel a couple of hours or more to go to the races and the horse is not running as you expect them to run or things happening soul destroying really really hard really hard also to tell people who have a horse that they believe can still win a race based in the Sydney region um, that actually it doesn't fit your model and it shouldn't fit their model and moving those horses on because you know, it, especially if people are paying their bills, it's it's yeah, a well, that's a, yeah, that's that's where the bill pays. But that's a good mm. that's a good little insight too. Tell the people that are watching something we've worked on in the last twelve months what your target market is. Like, so we went from this has always been here, but now we're really actively pursuing that. And what is that? 
target market in terms of clientele or horses or both? Both. So with the, the, okay. the we talk about the people we want provincial winners, not yeah, you know, we want to, that's where yeah, we want um horses that can be competitive at provincial level if we have to go to the country with a horse to give it some confidence and to win a race or two with it first in its career, absolutely fine. But really if those horses um can't compete effectively at provincial level and midweek level, then part of our um business model is to not have those horses in our system. And and that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Given the fact you've just had the season you've had, because I know, like, I put my hand up first to say, as a, a pretty rookie owner, sometimes when you just want to dub, you know, sometimes when you just want to win, you're like, we're pushing, like, let's get out to the country, you know, and we don't care about the money. And we're like, let's get out of the country and have a win. And very hard. So the fact that you've had the season you've had sticking to those guns is phenomenal, you know? Yeah. it's And the proof has been in the pudding. And I think also it helps you sort the wheat out from the chaff in the quality of horses that you have and the caliber of them and that you want to have them racing for a good three or four years and see them go through their grades and yeah it's perfect start them off at country level if you have to but really you know you've got to have a horse that can win at provincial level and keep winning at provincial level if it's going to make it to city grade we've been incredibly lucky with racing new south wales and peter volandis in the sense that they've injected so much into this industry and prize money also for um, retired racehorses, also for the stable hands in, in how much they get in bonus. And that's been a big press release this week as well. So we're very lucky and privileged to be training in this jurisdiction. And so I think, you know, our business model is a very fitting one that we need to have that quality of horses and also the quality of clientele. So people that run their own businesses, people that are achievers, people that have their sights set on things in their everyday lives business and personal but also people that have a passion for horse racing that want to come on a journey with us that understand our business model our mantra that want to have fun at the races but also want to have fun come out at the farm see the see the place here and have an interest in it and not just be somebody who's got oodles of money who doesn't come to see their horses or doesn't come to the races don't get me wrong that's probably your perfect owner somebody that you don't particularly hear from that's happy with what you're doing that trusts you to pay their bills but it's it's so nice. You know, I think the best thing yesterday, um, we ran a place with that horse. You know, he's been a long work in progress. He's now four and he's only just started his racing career because he's had to have time. But on the flip side of that is the owners who were so thrilled that the horse ran third place and they're so excited about him going forward and the fact that he's still got his dangly bits and he may <laughs> just make it to a little stud somewhere as a stallion. You never know. It keeps the dream alive. But that's a that's what I love about it too. Like, yeah, yeah. We we start when we started. We started, and when when it was tough post COVID, we we're like, all right, we need some rich owners, you know. And you got a couple, and you started. It was there was a lot of people that just you just you were like you, you you sort of ended up not being happy with you care how much money you got. It was a headache, you know. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. We, so you started remember that, and I even noticed that now. Like uh, Mirror Model, who who's my horse now again. <laughs> um, the the group chat that you've got us in like the vibe in that chat's amazing like those two guys i don't know any of them but they're yeah they're, all of them are just like even yesterday just not even our horse but everyone watches and like i said dad you know yeah. dad's dad's one of your owners and every day he searches which which horse you've got on he puts a pun on it like like <laughs> just, and then it's really it should be a real people should know this like i've worked physically before right like military and and on the road that kind of stuff and it's tiring um like for tradies I've worked in the office, which I do now every day. It's tiring as well. People got to understand, Lucy does both, right? Like you do that physical <laughs> side and you've got to run the business as well. 
And then you've got to put a smile on and talk to owners and keep client communication. And and then also the amazing part is we get to, and what I've seen the big difference is, is getting like coming up to the farm and, and seeing that, like, I don't know what it is. Like I, I've been to lots of farms and lots of race stables and stuff like that. And even with some amazing horses, you get a vibe, you know what I mean? Like you get a vibe of, of horses and you just, when you walk through your farm, like the horses just, everything, the vibe's good. Like horses, you just look, it feels like everyone's <laughs> yeah. having the best time ever. Um, but leading, leading the best lives. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, especially, especially Rog. And, yeah, I know. He's down he's here. He's on cocky patrol. That's what all the shouting is <laughs> about. Because the cockatoos come down and eat the horses' feed, and he's like, "No, fuck you. That's not your." <laughs> I think that's um. I think that's a huge a huge statement around the mindset because, like I said, and, and this happened. I've had this happen to me as well. Like you're in business and shit's going tough, and you can easily pass that off to the vibe, yeah. right? Let's just let's talk about any business having a vibe, right? And. Yeah. You can easily pass it off, but not once has that stopped. And I think that's been something to keep you going. So let's talk about that part. Then let's talk about over the last couple of years, less about, you know, you've obviously had, what was that? Something swooping? Oh, no, there's a, um, oh, I'm sorry, going to the raft base, some firefighting plane. Oh. Oh, no, so, sorry, I get easily distracted. I'm like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> so let's talk about the, the shifts, right? Like, like more more so I don't like let's not we don't have to talk too much about oh this I love watching horses do that. Remember when Tweed did goose. that? Remember when Tweed yeah. just did that? Tweed still my, my big boys down there somewhere. I, love, I, I was threatening um, to ride him today actually. I didn't <laughs> So um what is the what are the big mindset shifts? Like the things that you are in control of? Because what I love about you and your business, there's so many uncontrollables that happen all the time that could fold you in. And you never yeah. let it get in front of you. And you just keep. You started to really start to focus on the controllables. Yeah, what, a mindset shift. Things that you feel like you've actively done over the last couple of years to get you from there to sort of this. And to be fair, team, we're only just getting started, right? This is the the foundation of the good stuff moving forward. But I think, like yeah. any business, if you can get past the shit, the first few years of shit, which is always going to be the hardest. Yeah. The rest, yeah. the rest tells its own story, right? And we're pretty much there. We're, we're that's where we're starting. Tell me about your mindset shift for that. I think mindset shift, particularly um, when we bought and invested in the farm, was very much like the whole purpose of we are doing this for ourselves. This is not a dress rehearsal. Just get up every day, show up. No, you're not going to be happy every day. You're not going to be able to be cheerful every day. Me particularly, like, you know, sometimes I just feel like impending doom, especially when you've done three, four, five days of 18-hour days and you've been here, there and everywhere racing and you're absolutely bushed and you don't even feel like talking to anyone. It's funny, actually, we had this whole scenario yesterday on the way home from the races and someone had tried to call me and I just sent a message saying, I'm just eating something, just give me, you know, 10 minutes um, and recharge. And that whole mindset, as you said, putting that, and even when you talk to people on the phone, I know very early on when I did a customer service role, putting a smile on your face when you're talking to somebody actually projects to that person if they can't see you. And that was back in the day when you didn't have video calling, like no one even realized it was going to be invented, but it does actually um, project to that person that you're talking to. And I think leading by examples, very important and certainly don't expect anyone that does anything here to do anything that Jason or I wouldn't do now and haven't done previously. Um, and just trying to that find... you need to positive... stop doing and delegate. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think also, you know, just that whole accept. Accept the things that you can't change. Improve the things that you can. 
and acceptance for for those sorts of things and as you highlighted just rolling with the stuff that you can't change I mean we've we've had a, a blow today with a horse you know who who was going on to a really great autumn campaign and would be racing in one of the races that's just been announced um anyway we've had a blow with him today he's had a setback and he's going to be out for a few months you know that's really hard today is a really shit day but on the other side of that we're still going to have a horse at the end of it you know and you just got to move on with it and and focus on the next thing and I think looking at what is directly in front of you is the most important thing doesn't matter what Joe Bloggs is doing down the road it doesn't matter what Chris Waller is doing you know what Jason and I are doing what's happening here on the farm making it bite-sized what can we afford to do okay we've managed to get finance for a horse walker so we're chipping away at that the horse walker is sitting here waiting to go up but then we need you know concrete and a pad and this that and the other but we want to make sure that financially it's all achievable so chip away at the walker that's sitting here on the floor and then make the next step achievable and I think breaking it down to bite size oh that's good someone's just tipped their entire water bucket over dipshit um <laughs> why would you do that now trying to drink out of a muddy puddle why would you do that so Flavor. dumb Flavor. <laughs> something like that anyway I just think it it is hard but a positive mental attitude um and a little bit of self-care and self-help goes a long way and communication you know we have bad days all of us and jason and i don't always get along at work and we live together and you know you've just got to accept that those days happen and, and not dwell on those things just keep moving forward just keep moving forward and doing the best you can and the results do come they take nothing um... nothing is instantaneous not at all. I've got three three key things in our relationship that I've noticed since we're dealing with you and that I've seen dramatic shift off. I was wondering if you can pinpoint any, if there's any considerable moments in the last couple of years that you've that you've had light bulb. Now, obviously, I can only say from now because it's only when we interact I see this, but in the last couple of years, what, is, what are a couple of maybe absolute light bulb key moments you think? How did you I think, think probably having the confidence to, you know, if we need to sack somebody or something, so human or horse, having the confidence to do it and say, you know what, this isn't going to benefit us. This is going to end up in a shit show and we're not doing it. Um, yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest things and being brave to do that. And it's not being brave. Are you talking about clients or staff? Both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both i've got i've got jason here just to say hello quickly he's just got a talking about him being out on the farm the whole time he's just come and got a horse that and um, we're breaking in at the moment she's nearly broken in she's got a sore foot so he's just come down and got her out of the paddock to um hello hey whoa there he is <laughs> it's ryan it's ryan i'm doing a podcast with him and he was just <laughs> 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 you're being filmed for the public yeah you're being you're being filmed for the public he said yeah well, that's, See, that's what you got to deal with as a as a value client the, that's what you got to deal with can, can the real can the real slim shady please stand up <laughs> funny um yeah so that that sums it up i think you know um but you i'm interested to hear what you you think the three or some of the shifts that you've seen from an outside perspective have been yeah, hundred percent. There's three key moments that I saw. First one, first one was, and I'll, I'll put it out there that Lucy doesn't take a backward step at the best of times. But there was at the start of our relationship, you were still, I guess, accommodating to people that you probably shouldn't have been, because mm -hmm. Lucy's Lucy's very similar to me. People like she tries to see the best in people, and then, but then when it gets Sorry. too far, and she, when it gets too far, she lets it loose. So, but I think look. at that. 
But I think she picked, she keeps picking the bucket up. Hang on, here we go. She she's emptied the water and now she's picking the bucket up. That's a good game. There's no water shortage at the moment, so that it's all fine. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, up it goes. Come on, perform, you little bitch. That's not little. That one's big. Oh, there you go. There we are. Sorry. You're right. So I think the um, like the, the you know, like I said, you don't take a backward step. But there was a period at the start when I met you that you were still accommodating to the people that I didn't think you should have been accommodating to. Um, yeah. and there was that shift, that shift in moment. I remember, I remember because there was a phone call you had one time. I might have been over. I might have been over at your house doing some finance stuff, or you were on the phone to me. You had to get off, and you had this owner that was just peppering you, and you end up just going fucking pull your head in, and pretty much had a crack at him and it was kind of that moment on you stopped you just pretty much stopped stopped even engaging in the shit you probably that wasn't making you happy that was the first one i saw and we obviously have our own personal experience that we know about that that's shifted pretty hard with with one of our one of our horses so that was pretty good you know you sort of that was a big change as well for yourself then the next one was when we sat down and tracked your money oh yeah 100% so when when we sat down and tracked how much the horses cost and that kind of stuff. I just saw this light bulb when you just kind of got this confidence to go, fuck, like that's like, we can do this. Yeah. Like it was just, and you said before, you keep one step ahead of you, but at the same token, I, I don't think you allowed yourself to zoom out and sort of think, yeah. like sort of think, okay, well, what is the next step? Where you, you can't improve what you can't track, right? What you don't track, you can't improve. And you did that and that was huge. And then the third one, without a doubt, was when we did the business planning meeting and, we sat back and we got the niche market down and you, I saw that light bulb reflecting yourself a little bit. Like you, you look like, Oh no, oh fuck. Like I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm I feel you feel cause at the time you piss off. That's dad probably wanting tips. Lucy, dad wants tips. <laughs> Take a brolly um, out when it rains. <laughs> um, so then, you know, I saw that we did that niche marketing stuff and you went from like, you were in that deep stress moment. This was, I think it was just before the floods, but right after COVID, we this was early season we hadn't really had many winners and you were stressing out a bit and you're kind of i saw you go from this real like stress period to just you saw that holy fuck i just need to take one step this way and you started being fulfilled and literally ever since that meeting and this isn't on me guys this was you making the action but that ever since that meeting everything has just been like sunnier like i just saw a lot more since and there are three moments that i saw real big shifts in you sort of realizing that Fuck, we're doing all right, right? Like you get yeah. you're getting two in your own head and two in a small space. Secondly, we were talking about, mate, if it all gets to shit, you just sell the whole farm and go retire. And you're like, fuck, that's true. Like that's <laughs> easy. And thirdly, just getting back to doing what you love. Do you know what I mean? Like stop focusing yeah. on the money and chasing that and, and start focusing. And, and I think those are the three biggest shifts I've seen. Would you agree? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think um having that, as I just touched on before, confidence to we lost a horse as in it got sent somewhere else to train. It had an accident here on the farm and it was just an accident. Um, and it got some, sent somewhere else to train and we had an opinion of this horse and all the rest of it, you know, and it, it, those things cut deep. And so they should because everything is a lesson in business. But I think also moving on more promptly from those things and being comfortable with the people that you have around you, working with you, the owners that you have, the horses that you have, the relationships that you have. And, you know, it says, it's it's said tongue in cheek, you know, a no dickhead policy. 
but it's actually it runs deep it runs deep because you don't need to be dealing with stuff on a daily basis that is giving you grief and anxiety and people that don't have confidence in you and what you're doing and they're not worthy of your time they're no, not worthy you, of that, your time that's that's probably uh, out of all those three situations if i could sum it back and, and re- relate it to other people i could sum it back to what i feel it was i feel like you finally got back to backing yourself right i feel like you got into yeah. a period where you were getting and we all were and everyone in business does this you were getting so focused on fuck it's the quality of the horse it's the quality of the owner right you're yeah. starting to bank on like we had tweed right like we had big big ambitions for tweed tweed got injured yeah. We had, yeah. we had Missy, right? Missy had big ambitions and we got rid of her, right? We had some yeah. horses that got injured. We had a little cult that, the cult that we thought was going to be all right. And that's, like, we had all these things happen. And I feel like you let yourself get in your head where you were like, you, you were putting too much emphasis on the horse and on the yeah. owners you had rather than backing yourself that, fuck, I'll get another horse and I'll, I'll make a win, right? I'll get another yeah. on the skill here. And I think a lot yeah. of people can take that away in business because even with clients, like say you've got a contract, people might be like an electrician or whatever they are. And they get a really good contract. And that contract winds up and they go, oh, fuck. Like they put the emphasis on now the contract yeah. and the benefit. Not back yourself. You're good at what you do. Go and make it happen anywhere, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's where you are now. Because even now when I sort of, I, I come to say, all right, what horse we got? You're like, any, like this one, this one, this one. Like obviously I'm attached to, to mirror model and stuff now, but you're a lot more open to, doesn't matter. Like we, because we, you're, yeah. as well, your niche is allowing you to, to zone in on the stuff you want anyway the important stuff the big stuff and I and I think also having that security of having a bit of a long-term plan for business personal finances you know COVID is really hard for everybody really hard for everybody and I think to come out of COVID and still want to be running a business no matter who you are or what you're doing when the incentives from the from the government have shown a lot of people that it's way easier to sit on your ass and get handouts from the government and you don't have to do anything um you know, I think people who are wanting to make money and they're the ones that are ultimately penalised for it. And I know that sounds negative and I don't mean it to be negative. What I mean from it is, you know, if you've come through the other side, that's a huge positive and keep battling because it's not always going to be um, a taker's world. It, it's just not. And the people that are giving their all, eventually it'll go full circle and you'll come back out on top and you'll be just like, you know, work hard for yourself every single day. Work hard at what you do don't go to work being unhappy if you're going to work being unhappy whether it's for yourself or somebody else change what you're doing and if that pattern continues then you need to have like I did I went back to college in my late 20s to get an HND and equine studies and it was the best thing I ever did no the qualification itself didn't open up avenues for me but the experience of being at college the experience of the people that I met the relationships that I made the places that I worked at whilst I was at college has opened all of the doors for me now hundred percent. And so I think, you know, I didn't have any direction for a long time. I had no direction. And that whole expression of if you haven't made it by the time you're 40, you're not going to a little bit negative, but I think it's certainly, you need to kickstart yourself into stuff and get going in your thirties. That's probably when you're at your prime for it and be driven and dedicated. And that's all the things. On top of that, Liz, you've got to put it, we've got to, and this is where I think another big part for you, you've got to define what making it is like, I think yeah. as well, a lot of businesses, like you guys as well, a lot of businesses at the start, we focus on the money value, but fuck, I say to you all the time, take a step back, look look where you are right now, like, how's that yeah. not made it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it, yeah. your worst case scenario right now is pretty fucking good, so, like, <laughs> like but, but if you, but when you get in your own head every day, you're like, no, I've got to, I should be doing this, but realistically, yeah. 
there's a million people that look at what you have and go, fuck, that's a dream, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, be, as I said before, be thankful. And it's one of the things that my dear mum says to me every day on a, you know, being positive level, find one thing to be positive for. And this, this is, here you go, this is how old fashioned she is, bless her, back in the day when cars were not so reliable. You know, just be thankful if you've got in your car and it started first time, which I think people of a certain age, I wouldn't understand at all. Of course, it's got to start first time. I mean, what the hell is she talking about? But you know, it's not always it's not always the case, is it? Be thankful the sun's shining. Be thankful you have a roof over your head. You know, there's so much all of us have to be thankful for, as you say. Like, I think sometimes getting in your own head and focusing on the wrong stuff can just be so oppressive. And actually, just go for a walk. I know it sounds really out there. Thirty minute walk. Your footfall works in time with your heartbeat. And it clears your head. And if you need to, just go for a drive up to Grossvale and go for a walk around. Yeah, the just come and inha- inhale the fresh air and the horse shit here and meet the madness. <laughs> so that's good. That was really good, really good chat. Um, what else? What's what's happening now? So, what do you got on the plate for for the business? What's the plans moving forward? Oh, so plans for the business. Um, gearing up for sales season starting in January. Magic Million Sales. Um, got four weanlings. Uh, that will syndicate ourselves so that's four horses we don't need to buy next year a couple of them are really really well they're all nice a couple of them are really nicely bred so that's exciting um new season obviously we started the new season with a place getter yesterday got a couple of horses running next week got some hope on the horizon um and yeah look that's that's the, the just keep keep on keeping on with the business not changing what we're doing and just getting through the horses if we have a quiet time with the racing for the next few months you know as i said we'd had a bit of a blow today with the horse having a setback that happens um don't focus too much on that focus on you know the next stages and the next horses coming through um and, and if a if a client wants to get in touch and, and discuss what's the best ways for them to do that um call me text email up on the website up onto the social pages um we're very much uh try and steer away from an automated response obviously it happens because it's set up that way but would much rather talk to somebody on the phone um, and invite them to the farm um you know and, and to get involved that way and see what we're about because it's got to be and, right for both parties and the uh i know you guys are always looking for quality staff if there's anyone out there that might want to come and work with you guys work with the horses and the madness absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously keep an eye out team that uh the uh the little cottage little cottage will be oh, yeah. up to up to have a little holiday in which Gemma and I take full advantage of. Um, <laughs> but you need to invoice me still, by the way. I'll put you on notice in front of everyone. Oh, right? so oh no, that's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> doing my, doing my best to get the horse invoices out. Mm-hmm. I will invoice you. I all will. right. Is there anything oh, else you want to add, Liz? No, I think all good. Just yeah, keep your chin up, take a walk, chat to people, breathe the fresh air. Be thankful you have your health because if you don't have that, you've got nothing. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on and uh, we'll chat to you soon. No worries. See ya.